Nicole. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 302. Y'all, okay, Christmas is over, Happy New Year, blah, 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 blah. But y'all know, last time y'all listened, we had the ornament counter, right? And it's like, okay, this comes out on Christmas, like, whatever. Literally walked out from recording this episode and there was an ornament on the floor that he had eaten. Yes. So I kind of lost count. I think we're at 11 or 12. Don't know. But we decided to make one of the trees a Mardi Gras tree this year, which we haven't, like, I've never done with Colby. So we're going to see how he does with the Mardi Gras tree. <laughs> so TBD on, you know, maybe he'll start eating uh, beads and stuff. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> like, literally... We just finished recording for, like, the Christmas episode, walk out, and there's an ornament on the floor. I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> I was like, Carrie, he got one. <laughs> Speaking of Christmas, it was interesting. We had a great Christmas, although it was weird. I think I told y'all, like, sadness hit harder, I feel like, this Christmas than it did last Christmas being the first one without dad. But last Christmas, I lost my shit, like, multiple times crying. This Christmas, I only cried once. Hey, that's a big thing. But I cried because mom's bulldog had puked. That's not why I cried. But he had puked in the hall. So mom was literally about to go clean that up. Then he puked in the living room in front of my brother-in-law that like that sends him over the edge. Like he was about to throw up because of the throw up in front of him. So we're all like cackling, laughing. I'm like, shit, I got to pee. I've got to pee. So mom cleans that up, cleans up the hall. I go to pee. Slip. In what she had just cleaned up in the hallway and fell, like, I'm talking fell hard, peed my goddamn pants, y'all. Oh, my God. So then I cried because I was embarrassed because I peed my pants. Because, <laughs> of course, you wouldn't even think about it being wet. No. But you will all the time be like, Donna, it's going to be wet there. Be careful. Be careful. Well, because if you fall, you'll break with your blood thinners. <laughs> if I fall, I just pee. <laughs> I had been holding it and holding it and holding it. I knew better. With a freaking bladder like mine, I knew better. Y'all, I pee my dead pants on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I'm like, I almost made it through all of Christmas without crying. Because I was like, it was bad last year. Like, it was like, I couldn't breathe. Cry. Like, I had a couple of meltdowns. But I was like... Really, Carrie? Oh, gosh. I mean, like, had to change pants. Had to change everything. Underwear, everything. Thankfully, my mom and I wore the same size. Because <laughs> y'all know everything's always chaotic at my family for Christmas. And we always break things because I am my family. Well, mom had this in her refrigerator. The One of the shelves was messed up. And she pulled a carry and kind of leaned on it, and it all came crashing Oh, down. my gosh. Why has this got to be this that she broke? The Worcestershire sauce? Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> so we cleaned all that up, and my niece, Allie, who's like six, she walked in, and she goes, why does it smell like a Chinese restaurant here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, it was so funny. Mom had to wash those towels, like, Three times to get the smell oh out. Oh, my God. And meanwhile, her dryer was broken, so I had to bring them to my house to dry them. God <laughs> It's fixed now. Colby survived. The chaos? Yes. 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 It was absolute freaking chaos. But you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Donna, however, celebrated Christmas with the flu. We don't know if it was the flu. It was the fucking flu, Donna. Your hair hurt. It was the flu. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was like, when y'all are sick, do your hair follicles hurt? Yeah, when it's the flu. Ugh. But I did go to the doctor, but I went like the day after I started having symptoms like that night. And I had an ear infection and a sinus infection. But she was like, it might be the flu, but you just came in soon. And Carrie was like, it's the fucking flu. And literally everybody has the flu right now. Yeah. It was the flu. Well, and I had gotten my flu shot, but she said that was like for flu B and this is flu A. Yeah. And I'm like, good God. Well, about that, I was going to say that I went to a new place that I'm, I haven't been. And this one nurse, she was very nice. But one, they, she was like rushing me to weigh me. And I like to take, like put my purse to the side because that's at least three pounds. Yeah. That little handheld purse, like I got shit up in there. Okay. I'm like, that's three pounds. Can I set this on the chair? There was nowhere to set it. And so I had to weigh with it on. And I was like, minus three pounds. <laughs> like, what? There was nowhere to put it down? No. That's weird. Right? I guess normal people have like an actual purse that they can set on the ground. Yeah, but, but you still, you shouldn't let them put it on the ground. That's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, would I? Yes. But <laughs> do I often? Yes. But I'm just saying, it's yeah. a doctor's office and you're putting a purse on the ground. No. Right. But I was like, Ugh. just know that it's three pounds less. <laughs> she probably just was looking at you. Yeah, she didn't care. No, but so I had been there before with another doctor, okay? But this was a new doctor, so they were, like, going through. Well, they had some of my medication, and this nurse had just, like, put her knee on the thing because she was just going to go through and, like, do all the things. And she said, oh, girl, because she had to sit down because it was, like, so many because I've had to add some. I've taken some away, but, like, and it was all when we were trying to figure out my skin stuff. So yeah. it was, like. All different kinds of that. And she was like, okay, we're almost finished. And then there was another page. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm a sickly person. <laughs> like, because it was so many, like, antibiotics on there, too. Like, from, I don't understand why those don't go away. Like, I don't know. why. I mean, like, why are those not taking it anymore? Obviously, I haven't been on an antibiotic for four years. Yes. But I don't know. They always do that. But also, she had like her pocket full of goodies of stuff she was going to swab with. Mm -hmm. And I told Carrie and Tiffany this because she was like, all right, you're going to gag. Here's some napkins because this is like my consolation prize because I'm going to have to gag you. And like she was like, open your mouth. And when you say, ah, I'm going to stick this in your throat and you're going to gag. It's okay. And I did it. And she goes, oh, <laughs> no gag. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what this is about me. But then when she did the COVID test up my nose, my eyes did water, you yeah. know, and I wanted to make the joke and be like, maybe I should call him, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would not have landed. No, no. But oh my God. Also, though, I thought about you because Carrie, she hates having to watch people like if they're not doing something fast enough. Oh my God. It's literally the worst. Yes. And so this lady, I wanted to be like, do you have eye problems? Like, do you normally wear glasses? And you're not wearing them. The nurse, because when she would have to click through to cancel it, she had to click and then click another, like an X to remove it. It was like, I wanted to just get a, I'll do it. Like she, like the mouse cursor would be not on the thing. And she's like trying to click it. Oh my God. And then it would no. go to another thing. And I was like, oh my God, like we have so many to do. And you're taking forever. I was like, I don't know if you can see. Yeah. Because <laughs> what's going How on? Are you missing this. So many times. And I was like, 
I honestly just want to record this for Carrie because that would have been oh, your no. worst nightmare. Jesus God. Did they take my blood pressure and be like 200 over, I don't know, 150? <laughs> They'd be like, you need to go to the hospital. I'm like, no, you need to speed up. Yes, it was a lot. And that was a lot for me. So I was just like, Carrie would be like, let me just drive. Here, let me do it. Insert the scene from Monsters University when Sully's walking behind them slow, like, hurry up. Yes. <laughs> well, something else to talk about, not related to the doctor. Gypsy Rose. Girl, it, it, I literally was about to talk about it. Yes, she is released from prison. I have so many questions and I have so many feels. And people are like completely split down the middle and you believe what you believe like people are either yay she completely deserves to be out and go live your life girl or people are like i cannot fucking believe that she's out like nobody is in the middle okay so i'm kind of in the middle okay because i feel like she shouldn't be out but she is out so i'm never going to be like you know like on that a crime to remember where that person was like your dad killed your mom and like threw something at like you're a murderer Like, I would never be like that. She's out. She's free. Right. Like, the system says she did her time. That's That's what I was just about to say. Like, you have, if the system says she's done, she's done. Like, you can't keep punishing her. Like, you have to move on. Like, you can't be, like, forever and ever. Like, she has to be able to move on in real life or you're just going to have, that's why you have repeat offenders. Like, if you don't give them an opportunity to live on the outside, then I'm not saying that she's going to repeat it, but I'm saying, like, somebody who's in for something different, maybe like a drug-related charge or something like that, if you don't give them the opportunities to succeed on the outside, then you're setting them up for failure to go back to prison. Yes. So that side of me is like, she's out, it's done, move on. But then the part of me that's like, I saw a TikTok that described it, I feel like, so perfectly, is that she was like, she had the ability, the mental capacity for a year, had this relationship with this guy and plan her mother's murder. She had a laptop that her mom found out that she was using, took it away, and she found a phone that she hooked up to the Wi-Fi to continue these conversations. If she had the wherewithal to do all of that, then she could have reached out for help. But that's very victim-blamey for like what she went through because she doesn't know any better. But she also doesn't know murder. So it's not like she was like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's really hard because... I mean, when we did her story, it's like the shit that she went through. But then on top of that, knowing that she didn't have that at that time when she was getting older and she's like, no, I can walk. Right. You know, and so I get that that was even another layer of. Yes. There's so many layers of trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma that we just can't even process. However, you were the mastermind behind this. And instead of running away. And then you could have exposed her and right because you literally still ran away after you killed her. You still ran away. So why couldn't you just done that first? And then again, it's all the things. But also, she manipulated her boyfriend into killing her mom, who's still in jail, right? Yeah, he's in jail. I mean, he will be in life in prison. And I'm like, okay, so she was manipulated by her mom. She manipulated someone else, and he's still paying for it, which, again, I think they both should. He, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's just so bizarre to me because, like, her husband is from Lake Charles. That's where my sister lives. Like, I have a lot of friends in Lake Charles. And the Gypsy Rose account that's, like, 
my first selfie. Yeah. We have a mutual friend. Oh, shit. Because her husband used to teach with one of my friends. Yeah. And then one of my friends that was like an administrator at the last school that he was teaching at. Well, I would, I don't know if she, I wouldn't call her administrator. Anyway, she worked at the school. The school that he was like fired from after they got married and it went public, or maybe he left. I don't know if he quit or got fired. I Don't quote me on that. I don't actually know the details. They, she worked with him too. So I have two people that like worked with him and know him. Oh my gosh. So I'm like, is she going to go to live in Lake Charles? Like, am I going to run into fucking Gypsy Rose while I'm in Lake Charles one day? Right. And I know we have listeners that live in Lake Charles too. So I'm like, is that where she's going to live? Because I mean, it is a college town. It's not huge, but it's a decent size that like she really could kind of just live her life there and not really, nobody really yeah. ever see her or anything. But this is what I don't understand. When you go to that Facebook page that she has, that's like my first selfie and, you know, posted pictures and stuff. She has all of these links like to an Amazon to all that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, does she have like an Amazon? So I clicked on it because like, she had like an Amazon wish list of stuff because she, you know, people are going to buy her stuff yeah. to help get her set up and all. So I was like, does she have? No, it's a link to her book. And I'm like, okay, how y'all explain it to me because I don't understand. Because there's literally a federal law that stops criminals from profiting off of their crimes in that nature. So, like, she's not supposed to be able to write a book about her story of killing her mom and then make profit off of it. So, where's this money going? Where does she, like, how's she doing this? Oh, I don't know. I just assumed all those links were to Yeah, no, they're not. List. Wow. Well, okay. I'll to be honest, I only clicked the Amazon one, but <laughs> her first selfie picture has two hundred and fifty two thousand shares. Damn. And thirty six comments, which I'm like, okay, she's either slowing down the comments or she's deleting them. And they're all like, Welcome home, looking gorgeous, you're gorgeous, like all of that. Well, okay, one person said I'm like, she must have missed this one. One person said, I don't care, just found out who you were yesterday. <laughs> Then don't follow her. Like, get off of her page. Like, you literally have to follow her, like, add her as a friend to be able to comment on this picture. So, okay, so the links are Barnes & Noble, Penguin Random House, Apple Books, and the Amazon book. And it's released by Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Yeah, I didn't think they could profit either. Huh. I did. I saw a TikTok about it, and they said it was called the, uh... Son of Sam law is what the law is called. Mm. But I was like, okay, when I saw that ticket, I was like, okay, good. Everybody's thinking what I'm freaking thinking. Like, how in the fuck is she doing that? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. But the thing also is that I saw some other people talking about the The Menendez brothers. Yeah, I couldn't think of their name. Sorry. And I know you think they're so innocent, right? No, we haven't discussed that. Oh, I thought you thought they were innocent. No, I really don't know their case. I don't know it that well either. The stuff I have seen, though, I'm like, they absolutely did it. But they also say that they have a lot of trauma trauma and assault. And yeah. their dad, I think, sexually assaulted them. So people are like, well, they should be out, too. Yeah, I think that sets a precedent with her. That's yeah. what's so scary is just because we've all the people you've covered. It's like a lot of them have had trauma. Not everyone. Yeah. But there's a lot of them who had trauma. And it's like, where do where do we draw the line at the like empathetic part that we know like 
Gypsy Rose went through stuff we will never be able to comprehend. But she plotted yeah. to murder her mom. Well, and I think, too, like, the difference between her and the Menendez brothers is that there's, like, clearly documented proof of her abuse. She didn't need a wheelchair. She didn't need her salivary glands removed. She didn't need the feeding tube. She could eat. She wasn't actually allergic to sugar. All those things. Yeah. Whereas the, the Mendez brothers, it was, I don't want to say an afterthought, but like it came up after everything. There's literally, other than them saying that they were abused, there's no other documented proof that I know of. Like there's no police calls. There's no like, you know, even police getting called out for domestic violence or something like that. There's none of that to back them up. But the thing is, they were rich and I feel like that shit gets taken care of. Right. Well, and also, I mean, so you could say even for someone in any domestic violence situation, you know, that people don't know about, they live it every day. And, Mm -hmm. you know, let's say that a woman is in a domestic violence situation. Nobody knows what's going on. And she shoots her husband. And then she says, well, he was hurting me. So, you know, like you said, where do you draw the line? How do you prove it? Which is why we aren't attorneys or judges. No. Because I don't know the answer to that. And that's why we just sit here and talk about it. And that's what I like about the way we talk about these things is because I really do try to look at both sides. I really try to, and not the uh, devil's advocate that everybody hates, but like you really do have to look at something, especially that serious, from all directions. Yeah. Because it's so easy to be like, well, there was abuse and whatever. Okay, well, how do you prove that? And then also, is someone just dragging somebody's name through the mud to get off? You know? Yeah. You have to be able to, you want to believe victims, but then you also have to be realistic that there are people who lie. Yeah. It's just so hard. But I also like that we both don't say, like, we're right in how we believe. Like, no, this is just what I feel in my gut. Wow, we like ourselves today. (laughs) Why don't we toot our own horn? Sounds gross. I hate that for us. And y'all listening. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Because it is hard when you see things and it's like people are just so convicted in the way they are. And so it's like, you could be wrong on this. You know, like, I don't know. It's just. So you with Scott Peterson? You don't think he did it? You don't think he did it. I do think he did it. Oh, the other. Scott. Scott. Not not Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Scott Peterson. Yeah. You're very like staunch on that one. I don't think he did it. And you were very staunch on Tiger King. Okay. Look. It was the fucking videos. The music videos got me. But also because, like, he was a bad guy. And this is what I can say on (laughs) (laughs) We look at both sides. Okay, but look. (laughs) But I do get it. Like, he was a bad guy. He deserves to be in prison. But what I can't stand is that the people who were worse than him... Who, like, did this whole thing and was like, oh, yeah, he's going to be an easy scapegoat because he'll do it. Like, they set him up. They manipulated him. And they're still off doing all the bad things. Yeah. That's what's so hard about cases like that. Just in general, when you have somebody that's just a bad human being and they're on trial for something, like, I really think that the attorneys do have to say, like, yeah, he's a dickhead. Yeah, she's an asshole. But they didn't do this crime. And just because they're a shit human doesn't mean they did this. And I think that's what's so hard for juries to get past. Like, yeah. you have to get past that, yeah, they're an asshole, but they didn't kill or they didn't steal this money or or whatever. And that's so hard, I think, for juries to get past sometimes. Yeah. But I will say that I do see the other side. Yeah. Now, when Tiger King was happening, 
We did argue on a lot. We did. <laughs> so if y'all want to go back to that, we did. But I will say, like, I do understand that he is a bad person and he harmed animals and all of that. Yeah. Like, not good. But in the grand scheme of things, like, he was just like a puppet. Yeah. In their whole shit. And they're living their life, you know, fucking on a jet ski. The best thing to ever come out of that whole Tiger King thing was the, I will never financially recover from this. (laughs) Use that after our trip to fucking Gatlinburg. (laughs) I'm telling you, everything there was like 60 bucks. You want to ride this Ferris wheel? 60 bucks for the two of you. You want breakfast? Well over 60 bucks. You want, <laughs> everything was 60 fucking dollars. You want to go to the candy store and get a bag of candy? $60. <laughs> That's my one regret from the picture. <laughs> well, you know who I hope doesn't regret? Patreoners. That's right. Thank you so much. Angela T. from Arizona. Julie M. from Kentucky. Natalie L. from Michigan. Jennifer W. from Kentucky. Lisa R. from Kansas. Jamie C. from Vermont. And Rebecca J. from, not sure, send us your address so we can give you all the goodies. And if you want all the goodies, like all these people are getting, like, stickers, a thank you letter, and an extra bonus episode every single week, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Also, last time I think it was Virginia showing out. This time it's Kentucky. Right? Well, before we get into this episode, we got to talk about Care Of, because this episode is sponsored by Care Of. What is that, you ask? Care Of is a subscription service that ships high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every single month. Now, the holidays are gone, New Year's is here, and Care Of really wants to celebrate you with a personalized experience that will help you feel like you're youiest. With Care Of, all you have to do is take a short, simple online quiz where they ask you questions about your lifestyle and your health goals, and Care Of will give you a doctor-backed recommendation. It's that freaking easy. And how Carrie said, it is shipped conveniently to your door, and it's all in individual daily packets, and they're perfect for someone who has a busy routine or that someone needs to be able to just grab it and on the go. All you have to do is throw it in your purse, gym bag, lunch bag, whatever bag you take and wherever you're going, and you're all set. It's so easy. And Care-of has an app that helps you track how you're feeling so that you can change up your routine as you need. And that's what's so great about Care-of. If you do need a change, all you have to do is take that quiz again and you're going to get that same doctor back recommendations based on your new information. So if something in your life changes, then all you got to do is do it again and you get the whatever vitamins or supplements that meet your new needs. We love care of. I love how each individual pack has my name on it. It's so individualized. Let's say with your family and y'all are on the run one day and you're packing everybody's vitamins in your bag, you won't go, oh crap, which one's mine? Because it has your name on it. You could go, oh, this one's Colby's, this one's Donna's, this one's Carrie's. Why are you on the run? You mean on the go? You mean I don't run? I'm just saying on the run sounds like you're a criminal. Well, it is a true crime podcast. (laughs) So if you want to check out what Care Of's offering, because y'all, you won't be disappointed, you've got to head over to TakeCareOf.com and enter code CREEP50 to get 50% off your first Care Of order. That's TakeCareOf.com and enter code CREEP50 to get 50% off your first 
care of order. And nobody got time to be going and perusing all the vitamin supplements at the market. Let care of take care of that for you. Go to takecareof.com and enter promo code CREEP50 for 50% off your first care of order. So when we work on our stories, after we're finished, we send our references to the email. So I did that for my story. Donna comes into my house today to record and was like, so (laughs) I said, tell me what? Because, you know, she's laughing and stalling because she doesn't be mad at her. And I'm like, hurry up. Tell me. Quit wasting time. What What is it? Because like I'm in panic mode of it. Like, like basically it was the equivalent of, hey, can we talk later? And it's like, no, tell me now. What do we need to talk about? You're giving me anxiety. Well, because I had sent my references to the email, when Donna's in Google, this goddamn story popped up for her to watch. And I love those like interrogation things and the salacious headline of it. I was like, ooh, let me watch. And I literally told Creep Mom and Caitlin while we were playing a game last night about this. And I was like, it was so wild. And just like all of the things today I was using the bathroom and I was just going through like deleting the spam and I saw the name and I was like, uh, I know that name. (laughs) Like literally just talked about this person. Ah! I was like, damn it. But honestly, though. This is a super short story, so I think it'll be good because I didn't watch the whole interrogation because ain't nobody got time for that shit. Besides me. But I think it'll be good because I think it's going to, you'll be able to offer insight that, well, I didn't watch. So normally when I see a recommendation, I screenshot it so that I can remember who said it. Well, I didn't screenshot this one like a dodo bird. And so now I don't know who recommended it. But I know that somebody did, and I'm pretty sure it was in the Creepinati, but now I can't find it. So here we freaking are. Okay, so this is the story of Cassandra Bjorg. She goes by Cassie, so that's what I'm going to call her the rest of the story. We don't know a lot about Cassie's childhood, but what we do know is that she was kind of born and raised in the Atlanta area and then moved to Lawrenceville, Georgia at some point. Now, Cassie lived with her mom and her stepdad, and her mom had a really hard time with Cassie. So I did see this TikTok. It was like a multi-part thing on her. And it was by this user called Mysterious Crime. And they made a very good point that I'm going to kind of piggyback off of a little bit. They said that they you know, they were like, look, I never saw this in any information. I, this is just kind of my educated guess. But they really were like, I think she had oppositional defiant disorder. And y'all know I'm not a psychiatrist. I just play one on the podcast. But I was like, that makes total sense because Cassie had a really hard time with authority growing up and she got in trouble a lot. Like there was a lot of issues with like drugs, mostly I think just pot, which I mean is ridiculous, but like drugs, alcohol, running away, you know, really had a hard time with authority, was getting into trouble with police, like petty crime, some like theft, stuff like that, and was just like anti-establishment almost. Like so if somebody told her what to do, it was like she just couldn't handle it. And it was she had to like break free of it. So just a little bit on the oppositional defiant disorder or ODD. So the Mayo Clinic says basically it's something that's really hard to diagnose in a child because I mean it could just be a child that has that's highly emotional or just really strong willed. Like This isn't that. This isn't a kid that's just like, you can't tell me what to do. You know, this isn't that. It's way beyond that. 
You'll start to notice it even in preschool years. But it's a kid that loses their temper very easily, gets very annoyed by others. And again, that could be every kid, but this is on a grand scale. And it's a kid that like actively defies the rules. Like it's just like they cannot follow them. And then when they are upset, they intentionally try to hurt your feelings because what you're doing is upsetting them. They have very like vindictive behavior, that kind of thing. So Cassie was having a really hard time at home and her mom was having a hard time managing her because she was having all of these issues with drugs, alcohol, and getting in trouble with police. So her mom was like, I can't handle her. Like, I'm having a hard time making her go to school, making her follow the rules. She keeps getting in trouble. I need help. So Cassie's mom turned to her parents. So Cassie went to live with Wendy and Randall Bjorg. And I really hope I'm saying that last name correctly. And when Cassie got to her grandparents, the behavioral issues didn't stop. They continued and I feel like even got a little worse because now she's been taken from her house and put somewhere else where the whole point of it is to control her. And I feel like that's where she was like, even more like, absolutely not. I'm not going to follow what you're saying. And basically the grandparents were like, look, no drugs, no drinking, go to school, do your shit at school. That's all you got to do. Follow these basic rules. We'll be fine. And Cassie could not do that. And it got to the point where she like wasn't going to school. They were having trouble. And so she just dropped out of school and was like, I'm just not going anymore. There were multiple, like I'm talking like over 20, I think, calls to police while Cassie was living with the grandparents for domestic disputes. And a lot of that came from the neighbors because they would hear the yelling and throwing of things. Like one time Cassie threw a glass of water at her grandmother's head. Missed, of course, but the missed, thankfully, but the glass like shattered when it hit. So could you imagine like this actual made of glass cup being thrown at your freaking Uh -uh. head? No. And all they're trying to do is do right by her, try to help her. But it was just such a toxic situation where the grandparents were really digging their heels in because they're trying to help her And she's digging her heels in of not wanting to be helped. And we're talking Cassie's 16, 17. So take all the issues with a teenager and then amplify them. And that's where they're at with Cassie. So at the beginning of April of 2017, family members had said that they had gotten a few texts from Wendy, but Wendy had kind of gone radio silent. And that wasn't like her. Like she would even post things on Facebook because Cassie would run away a lot. And so like Wendy would even post things on Facebook to be like, help us find her, yada, yada. And she'd kind of go silent. Also, Wendy's a grandmother. Yes. So the family's like, wait, where's Wendy? Because this isn't like her, what's going on? Because her grandparents were 63 years old. Like they're not 105 and not don't know how to use computers. Like they're young. They're, you know, using technology, all the things. So the family call police to get a wellness check on the Bjorgs because they're like, this isn't like them. Like, where are they? So the police go check the house and there's nothing amiss. Like, there's no reason for them to go inside or anything like that because their car's not there. It just looks like nobody's home. So the police's hands were tied. They can't just go into the house without permission or without some sort of probable cause of, hey, we need to go inside and check this out. And I saw a couple of different things about like, 
Some stuff said they went several times. Some stuff made it sound like they only went once. So I honestly don't know exactly how many times police went, but I think it might have been a couple of times. But given that there was no change when they went, they could not go inside. Basically, like a day after one of the welfare checks, police were called over to a house because of a domestic violence situation. Now, I don't know the names of the people who own the house, and I think I'm sure if I dug a lot, I could find it. But just for their privacy, I'm just not going to say their names. But well, one, because I don't know. And two, I didn't dig because let's just respect their privacy. But it was a male and a female who lived in this house. And when they got home that day, their house had kind of been ransacked. And Cassie was there. Now, this house was owned by Cassie's boyfriend. So Cassie's boyfriend's name is Johnny Ryder. So Johnny's sister lived in this house with her boyfriend. Cassie and Johnny were at the house, had like tried to steal some things from it and just ransacked the house just because they're fucking shitheads. And when the sister and the boyfriend get home, they're like, what the fuck is happening here? Well, Cassie and Johnny start attacking the sister and the boyfriend. They basically pin the sister down, use pepper spray on the boyfriend and start like to beat them up. Well, the sister actually was able to escape. And so it made Cassie and Johnny leave. Like they fled because like, okay, this isn't working. Like they're fighting back. We're having a hard time. We can't contain them. So Cassie and Johnny flee the scene. The sister and the boyfriend call the police to report the incident. And they end up having to go to the hospital for their injuries. But they're okay. But, you know, they like I said, they were beaten up and pepper spray and all the things. So they have to go to the hospital for their injuries. They're able clearly to tell police who it was. It's my freaking brother and his girlfriend. When the police start to look for Cassie and Johnny, they realize that they had come to the sister's house in Wendy and Randall's car. Now they fled in a different car. So the timeline's a little fuzzy about kind of what happens when, but the police are trying to find Cassie and Johnny for the attack on the sister and the boyfriend. Well, they end up finding them at a like another friend's apartment that had no idea what was going on. And there was a standoff with the SWAT team. During the standoff, though, Cassie and Johnny actually, I don't know if they were trying to die by suicide or if it was just like, I, I don't know if they were just trying, I don't know what they were doing, but they cut themselves, like cut their wrists during this standoff. So from what I heard from her interrogation, they were trying to die by suicide. Okay. So they both were taken to the hospital, treated, they were both okay, and then they were arrested. So because police had found Wendy and Randall's vehicle at the sister's apartment, they were like, oh, this is what we need. Let's go in this fucking house. So the police arrived at the Bjorg house and they find a gruesome crime scene. This crime scene is sealed off into like essentially one bedroom. So they find that both of the grandparents had been murdered, but like I said, very brutally. They had been hit with a hammer, a baseball bat, and a tire iron. That is beyond. But not only did they attack them with those objects, they slit their throats with butcher knives from the kitchen. 
Johnny had attacked Randall and Cassie attacked Wendy. She had duct taped her up. And then after they killed them, what they did was they put the bodies like upstairs in this bedroom and sealed the room off. Like I'm talking with like, like caulk and shit, sealed the room off so that nobody would come up to the house and smell anything or anything because not only like were they planning on doing all these other things like you know leaving and attacking Ryder's siblings they had like a whole plan but they wanted to make sure that they had time to do this plan so they like went through all this effort to like seal this room off so that nobody would find these bodies and they also poured bleach all over them oh god that's so awful yeah so after Cassie and Johnny killed their grandparents, they fucking partied at the house. Like, people over ordering Chinese takeout, like, doing the damn thing, smoking pot, drinking, living their fucking best life with her grandparents brutally murdered upstairs. And the people who came to the party were none the fucking wiser. Yeah, the police in the interrogation thing said, so someone had said they smelled something, the smell was off, and she was like, no one came over besides her best friend and that boyfriend, like the best friend's boyfriend. And the police are like, so they didn't have to use the bathroom because I think they did it in a bathroom. Oh, OK. I'm sorry. I misunderstood. No, but well, I think they ended up taking the grandmother into the bathroom. And then when she had passed, they brought him into that same bathroom. But she was like, no, no one was over there. We didn't have a party. And, you know, all of this, it was saying she lied so easily. Uh-huh. And they have proof that these people, like you said, the Chinese takeout, other people saying, no, I was over there. Yeah. You know? And they were like, oh, fuck. Like, she's just lying to us without anything. She's eating her McDonald's. Yes. Well, and I, I saw I saw that in an interrogation, like, she had, because it, okay. In Johnny's mugshot, he's got a sling on. And then in her interrogation videos, you know, her wrist is wrapped up and she's like, well, both her wrists. Whole, her whole hands yeah. are, yeah. Both wrists. And she's like, they brought her McDonald's. She's got her little frappe. She's like eating the fries with her mouth, like not being able to like pick them up and stuff. Yes. And I saw uh, a comment that was like, you know, you're going to be there a long time when they bring you food. Because it was like a 10 hour interrogation. Yeah. And she literally looks like she's just like at a doctor's office just like yes talking to people like that she doesn't really know but like she's like telling them stuff. like it's like so cavalier it's beyond how cavalier it is yes and she even was i didn't see all of it you know what you didn't sit there and watch 10 hours right i mean i would have if they did <laughs> it because it was fascinating in the worst way yes you know but i guess she had said that she could eat two of the Maybe the chicken sandwiches or the fish fillets. I can't remember. But they ended up getting her like a quarter pounder. Yeah. And, you know, she was like, oh, I'm going to be able to eat that and that and all the things. And then she was like, I'm actually kind of full. And she didn't finish all of it. And they were like, see, we knew you weren't going to be able to eat that. She was like, oh, I could, though. Yeah. Like, and it was just like, oh, I will. If yeah. you're saying I won't. So, like, when you said that she has ODD. That makes, makes so much sense, sense. Yeah. which we don't know that. That's purely speculation. Yeah, but I mean, like, that really does make so much more sense of her just being like, 
oh, no, I will. And they're like, no, we don't want you to get sick. Yeah, you know, you'll have to. It's fine. Yeah. So Cassie was 17 when this happened, and Johnny was 19. Cassie was the one that did all the talking. And when it came out, like, okay, why, though? Like, what? Like what's the plan? Because they had a plan to kill the grandparents. Then they were going to go kill Johnny's family. And then they were going to go kill Cassie's mother. Yeah. So it's like, why, though? Like, because were they not allowed to be together? Like, what was going on with that? And it was literally her answer was basically, we were tired of them. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? You were over that. So you were just going to just kill them all. And then what? Run? Like, that's the thing with like Gypsy Rose. Like, why do you have to keep just fucking run then? Like, you already have run away multiple times. Like, just go then. Yeah. You don't have to kill them in order to run away. Just go then. I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but so she did duct tape her grandmother, but it was kind of loose. And so her grandmother could still talk. And she was like, Cassie, I'll give you a thousand dollars. Like she had it in a safe and Cassie knew that she had a safe in her room. She was like, I don't want your money. Like, you know, whatever. They ended up taking it and it was a thousand dollars. And Cassie was like, I didn't know that she was being truthful about that because she had already said, like, I will give you a thousand dollars if you think that's going to make your life better. Like, if you want to go and you do anything, like, I'll get it. And Cassie was like, I didn't believe her, but they did take the money after that. But like her grandmother was begging her not to murder them. But she could not be bothered. No. So they waited till they were asleep. And like you said, that he went for the grandfather. She went for the grandmother. And yeah, she had the tire iron and was beating her grandmother over the head and everything. And her grandmother slept with her phone right next to her. And so Cassie ended up getting her phone so she couldn't call anyone. Yeah. And that's how she was texting how I said, like, I don't, I don't think I ever finished that thought. Like how I said that the people had been getting some texts from her. That was Cassie pretending to be Wendy. Yes. And she said, like, she had to because they just kept texting. And so she wanted to, again, have that ruse. And she was like, so that's why I did that. Cassie will literally do anything that she can to get what she wants. So, of yes. course, she did that. Yes. Now, I will say, this is what I was talking to Creep Mom and Caitlin about, this interrogation, because she's so cavalier and it's so, like, she's a stone-cold killer, okay? Like, she was saying that Johnny was like, okay, they're, like, not dying from us beating them, so go get a knife. And so she got, like, three butcher knives from the kitchen, and then she said that Johnny slit both of their throats. But she was talking about the grandmother and she was like she was so scared to die like oh my gosh she was so scared she said so scared that she shitted herself and peed herself like that's how she said it and i was like it brings you back to like how young she is like that's not the right tense you know and that happens when people yeah like you lose control of your bowel and bladder because you have no more muscle control so like that's what happens when you're dying. Yeah. And she was like, it was really gross. And God, that's why. She's such a kid. Yeah. And that's like, I was telling them, I was like, it was so weird just to see her. Like, she is so stone cold. And then she uses that terminology that way. And then it was like, I think that's why they brought the grandfather into the bathroom where she was because she was like, 
oh, I don't want to touch her, you know, all of that. And they put the bleach on and all of that. So it's just like, God, you really see, like, she knew what she was doing. Oh, absolutely. But also, like, she's so young that she can't comprehend how, yeah, the body works and all of that. And so, oh, I don't know. It's definitely worth the hour. Like, it was like 50 minutes long and I was so into it. Yeah. Like, because also how the police talk to her, like, because they have to, like, you know, make her feel comfortable and be like, oh, that was smart. Or, oh, yeah, I totally understand that. That is why I could not be a police officer, because I don't think I could do that. I know. It would be so hard, especially when they're, like, telling you this shit so, like. But also, you know, one, when you know that they're clearly lying Mm -hmm. or. Two, when you know that they're embellishing and you have to be like, oh, my God, you're so great. Yes. Couldn't fucking do it. Couldn't do it. I know. And they were just, yeah, it was definitely worth the watch. But it had called her a teen serial killer. She was not. No. It was, I think, because they had planned on all of the things. Now, it was her idea to kill the grandparents, but she said that Johnny was like, well, we should just kill my family too. And where they went wrong is she had said like, well, we should wait for them to go to sleep. So when you were saying that the siblings lived in that house, how they made it sound is that they got home and they wanted to take them out. And then another, like other people were going to be there too, like the parents and stuff. Uh, Well, okay. One article I found said that they attacked the parents. And I was like, Everything else said it was his sister and the boyfriend. So I think they all lived at this same house. That makes sense. So they were saying, because Johnny was like, we can't wait till they're all asleep because they might outnumber us. Yeah. But whoever gets home will kill them. Yeah. Put them like they did the grandparents. Yeah. And then that makes more sense. Because I was like, wait, this one article said the parents. And I was like, what? It didn't make any sense. Yeah. So that was it. And then the pepper spray. I don't know if this is the same thing, but she said they use bear spray. Really? Uh-huh. And she said that it was, like, all over everything. And she said, like, her eyes were hurting and all the things. And the the lady. Yeah, because there's two detectives. It was yeah. a, a male and a female. Yeah. And the lady was like, we have to get sprayed with that here. And it does hurt. And she was like, yeah, it was, like, all over my eyes, all over everything. And I think they ended up, like, running out. Oh, because her spray can didn't work all the way and so she couldn't use it all and so they couldn't like take both of them which is why the boyfriend was the only one sprayed with a pepper spray or and or bear spray yeah like it's wild and i'm so glad they made that mistake of attacking them right then and all of that because they would have gotten away with all of this yeah well not forever but not forever people would have died for sure yes for no reason Damn, I should have watched the whole damn hour. (laughs) Yeah. I loved when, like, they would leave her alone because she would. She would just, like, bend down, eat a fry. Yes. Bend down, eat a fry. Oh, let me drink some of my frappe. Like. That frappe did look really good. It really did look good, though. (laughs) I was like, God, that looks so delicious. But also, yeah, like, then she started eating the fries, like, with her hand. Because, like, her whole arms were in cat, like, the rats. And so, like, even her hands were, like, where she couldn't really move them, you know? And I was just, like, fascinated. But, yeah, she said that they were trying to die by suicide. But I think she thought he was dead. 
or like really bad off, but he was like, no, he's fine. And she was like, well, he was like cutting really deep, you know. Because she didn't really want to die. Uh-huh. And so I think, too, that's why she was talking. because she thought he was dead? I think so. Well, Johnny and Cassie both got two life sentences with the possibility of parole in 60 years. And they got 21 years to be served concurrently with the life sentences for the assault and the theft. So they'll be 77 and 79 when they're eligible for parole. I don't understand the 21 years to be served concurrently. Like, why not just tack it on to it? Like, why not make it consecutive instead of concurrent? Yeah, I don't know. But now, I also was wondering because, you know, they say like the Supreme Court had ruled, you know, you can't have life in prison for someone under age. So I also wonder, though, if that's why they got the life sentences with the possibility of parole in six years because she was 17. I mean, he was 19, but because she was 17. Yeah, maybe. But man, they, I mean, how fucking brutal. Anytime there's like an object like that, that they, use, like, especially a tire iron, it literally hurts my body to yes. think about it. Oh, and she was talking about that she just got a rush when yes, it happened. Yes, I don't think I said that. When Johnny was attacking the grandfather, it was like she got a, like a rush of energy and that that's when she was like pulling the grandma. Yes. She was like hearing her grandfather scream. Ugh. Gave her a rush. That is disgusting. Yes. And I often wonder for people like her, like, what is prison life like? Like, is she very manipulative in prison? Like, is she kind of ruling the roost? Or is she like a pawn for somebody else? Yeah. And also, I feel like we don't know much about Johnny. Like, where the fuck did he come from? You know, like, we don't know anything about his background. Like, how do these people find each other? Right. Well, oh, that's another thing. Okay, so... I don't know how they met. She was referencing that the grandmother had called the police on her again. And so she was going to get like something was done. And I can't remember. And that's, I think, what like the straw that broke the camel's well, back. She was, on pro- she was on probation. That's it. And I think she was going to get a job and she couldn't because she was on probation. And so she was like, all her independence was taken from her because of this. Right. Well, she was like, And my grandmother would bite me, like, right beneath my eye, like, right on my arm. Like, so when they were fighting, her grandmother would bite her. And I'm like, could you imagine, though, like, if this girl is fighting her grandmother, like, that might be all that she could try to do, you know? But she was violent towards her grandmother for a while. Oh, yeah. That's why, like I said, multiple, like, 20, 30 domestic abuse calls. Yeah. But she was like... Saying that, you know, she bit me. And I'm like, yeah, as a defense mechanism. Right. Because what are you doing? Right. You know? But so, like, again, just trying to paint it that she was also abusive. abusive victim. Yeah. yeah. But she was saying that her and Johnny had, like, went out and got some pot. And she's like, yeah, we were smoking pot. Okay. We were. And they were like, it's fine. We don't care about the drugs. Like, you know. Yeah. Like, just keep talking, you know. And uh, she was like. So we were with our, do you know what the word is? Plug. And the two detectives were like, yeah, we know what a plug is. She was like, I'm just saying they're like, how old do you think we are? Like, we're in law enforcement. She was like, I was just wondering. I was just going to let y'all know. But turns out that this plug of theirs is like an old lady, too. And she was like, yeah, she like deals in all the stuff, but we get pot from her. 
and like all of this stuff. And I can't remember, but they called her a name, like her name. And I was like, this old lady's being their fucking plug. What like, the fuck is a plug? They're a drug dealer. Oh, okay. That's kind of what I thought. And then I was like, what? Yeah, they're hookup. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Look, I only know what a plug is from Tinder because people would be like looking for a plug. And I'm like, I mean, I could, be, I could peg you. And then I was like, mm, the mushroom's throwing me off, though. But that is kind of like an anal beat, like, you know, the Yeah, the so plugs. what, they were looking for somebody to give them drugs? Like yeah. So people are using Tinder yes. to find drug dealers now? Yes. How stupid. If uh-huh. Ain't no way I would trust somebody if I was a plug to be like, oh, you need some drugs? Here you go. I'd be like, this is a fucking cop if I've ever seen a cop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am old. <laughs> Only because I'm still on fucking Tinder. Well, not right now, but when I was. Why would you put that on your profile? Like, cool. Do whatever you want to do as far as drugs. But I'm saying like, but you're going to get caught. I know. I guess that's why they're like a plug. <laughs> but it's like, okay, yeah, they all know. Right. It's not something that we come into contact every day. Right. But these people, like the people in law enforcement, they're going to know. Trust me, they're going to know your fucking lingo. Yes. But it just cracked me up again to show, like, her age and being like, yeah, y'all are so old. Do y'all even know what this is, you know? And just, like, I think the lady detective, her last name was, like, cool or coolness Yes, yes, or yes, yes, yes. And she was like. So maybe I'll watch more of this interrogation than I realized because <laughs> I do know all of this. Yeah. But Cassie was like, oh, that's your last name? Like, oh, I bet, like. I don't know, just like things you would say, like if she was a substitute teacher. Yes. Be like, ooh, Miss Cool, all the things. And I'm like, God, you're so young, but you killed someone. I know. Two people. Yeah. And just also how nonchalant she was about that they had beat them. He was like, they're not dying. Go get a knife. Yeah. And she was like, he just slit their throats, you know? And it's like, what the fuck? You know, like, but then to stay there with their bodies and she's like, it wasn't supposed to be gross or anything. We were just staying there to get the money, to get other things because they were planning on killing his family. So they had to go to Walmart and all the things to get like the bear spray and all of that. Because her grandparents were there for like a week before somebody found them. Yeah. And it's so funny, though, that you did this because when I was watching it, I was like, This reminds me of a case that Carrie did, and it was where that girl, like the people that her and her boyfriend killed or something were still there, and she was pretending to be whoever it was, but like people came and she was like, oh no, they're on vacation. Yes, I can't remember what it was, but I do remember doing that. Yeah, and I was like, God, is this the same thing? But it wasn't, and so I was like, oh, I'm going to tell Carrie, and then the whole thing, I was like, oh, that's that girl's name. Because it is a weird last name. Like, you know, just something that I was calling it totally wrong. I said George, <laughs> Which may be how you say it. No, I think yours is right. But so like, that's how I knew her last name. Because I'd be like, George, Wild, that you did it. Everything's fucking connected with it the is. internet. Ugh. I'm really glad that I did watch it. So I did know a little bit to add on to it. But it's terrifying just to see how calculated people can be. Yep. And yeah, I mean, again, there was no reason. Yeah, just because they wanted what they wanted. Yeah. Well, and also the lady detective was like, so what did your friends think if your best friend came down and her boyfriend, who like lived kind of close, if they came down and they're not allowed over there, 
what did you tell them? And she was like, I just told them that they went on a vacation. And she was like, but they knew that y'all were in a fight and everything. And she was like, yeah, just said that they left us the keys and was like, we're going to be back. And it was fine. Ugh. Just the lies on top of lies that you have to do to keep up with that. I feel so bad for the friends. What kind of trust issues do you have after that? For real. What kind of just everything to think about? I was eating and these people were dead, brutally murdered upstairs. So thank you for whoever recommended that. And I'm so sorry that I couldn't find your name again. And thank you for Donna for telling my whole story, because apparently I should have watched that whole goddamn video. (laughs) It really was intriguing. I love those when they talk about body language and, you know, different. Yeah. They pick out things because it's like. Oh, I see what you're talking about yes. here. I like that, but I can't just watch a whole interrogation like that. Like it is, which again, why I can't be a police detective because I don't care about the story. I don't want to hear them just drone on about their fucking bullshit. You know, like give me the Cliff Notes versions of what they said because I just don't give a fuck. Like I just, you know what I mean? The same thing with how I watched TVs and stuff. I don't care about the story. Fast forward, just tell me what happened. Well, before we get into Donna's story, we got to talk about HelloFresh. Today starts the new year. So whether your resolution is to save money, eat better, stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do all three. Yeah, because you can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. So you can say hello to the most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price you'll like, and the best part, delivered to your door. Also, for me, the big thing is that everything is pre-portioned. Yes. And I love that because it's less wasted food, it's less hassle, and yeah, I don't have to measure it because it's already in the cute little bottles or the little sauce packets and all of that. Well, and if you're cooking something that needs, I don't know, red wine vinegar, You're not buying a $5, I don't know how much it is because you clearly see I cook with it so often. You're not buying this bottle that you need a teaspoon out of that's going to go bad in your cabinet. Right. My thing, too, is that whenever I'm coming up with my meals for the week, I'm like, okay, what do we want to cook? I forget everything that's ever tasted yummy in my life. I'm like, (laughs) so what do I know how to cook? Because without having a recipe, you can't make a grocery list. And HelloFresh takes all that out because... They have so many options that you can choose from. You can look at pictures and be like, I want this, I want that. Or they can pick for you and be like, we're going to send you these meals this week. Or you can be like, don't want that meal. I want this meal. Don't want that meal. I want this meal. And you have over 45 dinner options to choose from, which that alone makes HelloFresh worth it. Definitely. Also, you can get quick and easy recipes or 15-minute recipes or you can do vegetarian, or you can do family-friendly, and then you get to pick how many serving sizes you want delivered. It all comes with step-by-step recipes with pictures. Gotta have the pictures. That helps so much. And, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and HelloFresh said, we concur. Because HelloFresh is not just dinners. They have other items that you can add on, like breakfast. And right now, If you want to try HelloFresh's breakfast options, this is the time for you. Right now, HelloFresh is giving all subscribers free breakfast for life. 
That means that you will be able to enjoy a totally free breakfast item with every single HelloFresh delivery. And you know, the only thing that makes me wake up is food. Breakfast is my favorite meal. For sure. So head on over to HelloFresh.com slash CreepFree and use the code CreepFree for free breakfast for life. That's one breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. So if you keep it active all the time, that is one free breakfast item for life. So again, join us by going HelloFresh.com slash CreepFree, F-R-E-E, and use the code CreepFree for, again, breakfast for life. One free breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. Well, and like Donna says, if it's free, it's for me. So go on over to HelloFresh.com slash CreepFree and use promo code CreepFree for that free breakfast for life. I mean, look, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit for a reason. Okay, so this was just a random find when I wasn't feeling well. You know, I had my double infection, but Carrie said it was the flu. And honestly, I was very, very achy. Yeah, because I was right. Yeah, it probably was the flu. And I'm so glad that I went in there early and got it taken care of. And I'm feeling a whole lot better. Not running a fever right now. So that's amazing. So anyway, but you know, when you're not feeling well and you're like supposed to be resting, well, I wanted something that I could sleep to. And that was Ghost Adventures because it's really good to fall asleep to. Not for me. It makes me roll my eyes too much. (laughs) Well, they went to this place called the Graber Olive House, and I freaking love olives. So my interest was piqued. I hate olives. I wish I loved olives. If I loved olives, my life would be so much easier because I want to drink a martini so bad, and (laughs) I just don't like them. Oh, I love them. And every time we go to the Mediterranean place, she gives me her big olives. Mm. Olives on salads are so freaking good. Nope. I mean, I can eat a jar full of olives just by itself. So the Graber Olive House is located in Ontario, California. Didn't know that was a place. I was like, okay, Canada. Oh, she's not saying Canada. Right. I know. When it's in Ontario, it's like across the pond. Oh, no. Never mind. Canada is not across the pond, man. Oh, yeah. True. <laughs> That's the second time I've heard you say that. The first time I was like, okay, she just misspoke. <laughs> no. 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 Now you've said it twice. So you're confused. That is north of us. Across the pond is like the Atlantic. The pond is the Atlantic. (laughs) Look, my across the pond is if I have to use different postage, okay? I can see that. (laughs) But like I said, I heard you say that. And I was like, oh, she just misspoke. And then I was like, no, you could walk over to Canada. Yeah, the pond. (laughs) It's butted up right against New York right there. I mean, unless you count, like, the Erie as a freaking <laughs> across the pond. Don't even know if that's how you get that. Don't even know if that's a real thing, but <laughs> also, Lake Erie, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Also, how Carrie's, like, her life messes with my TikToks. This bitch has been talking about that damn North Sea shit. Let me tell you, you know I am terrified of, like, open water like that. Yeah, you've got that, that whatever that phobia is called. Yeah, the really long word. And the song that they put in oh, with that, oh. and the waves are crashing up. I am like, I get like, <laughs> like, <laughs> and it will be on my TikTok just fucking randomly. I'm like scrolling through, watching my dogs. Because if you watch Winston Deween and uh, Winston the Dude, I do too. And I love them. 
but it'll just be mixed up in there. And I'm like, oh, like, how do people do that? I don't know. Oh, my God. Anyway, so when you said across the, like, the whole pond thing, it was like, that fucking North Sea shit is terrifying. Also, can you tell that Donna and I haven't seen each other in a while because uh, it was like Christmas and then she had the flu and all the things. And so we literally have done nothing but talk this episode. (laughs) I mean, that's the whole point of a podcast, but like side conversation. Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) Okay, but we're going back to Ontario, California. And you know how we do it. We dive into a bit of history and then I tell you about the hauntings. So the man behind it all is Clifford C. Graber also known as Cliff, and also known as C.C. Graber. So he was 19 years old, and he had a dream. He moved from Indiana with his brother to California, and he soon moved forward with pursuing his dream. He was able to buy 10 acres of land, and he was going to plant some orange trees, some other citrus trees, like, and have this nice grove. But he tasted some olives from another farm that was close, and he was like, This is unlike any other olive I've ever fucking tasted. And he was like, it has to be the California sun. Like, it has to be this. So he scrapped that idea of the citrus grove, and he was hooked on olives from then on out. So he planted olive trees, and two years after that, in 1894, he started selling olives. Now, he married Georgia Bell No in 1905. And she was very hands-on with the olive business as well. About five years later, C.C. Graber had found a way to grade olives by size. And it was this like rope-propelled mechanism that he invented himself. And with this, he started canning olives. Because before, he was just selling them out of the vats that they were like cured in. And I think it was called like by the dipper or something. like So like they would get it in and just like put it in a jar but now he can can them. And things just kept going up from there. And he expanded more, became more successful. And now the Graber Olive House is the oldest active business in Ontario, California, but the oldest operating olive curing business in the world. What? Yeah, it's been around for like over 125 years. And it's still in the family. And CC, he kept working in some capacity until he was around 83, and he passed in 1955. And then his sons took over the business, and then his grandson, and now his great-grandson is partnered with the dad. You know, like, it's still in the family. And they still pick out the olives by hand. So, like, if there's a bad one, like, they pick it out. It's not just by a machine. Like, it's on a conveyor belt, and they're handpicking those out. Wow. So between October and December, it is busy as fuck because that's the harvesting time. But they also offer tours and you can have planned events there, like a wedding. Could you imagine the dirty martinis that you could have at that wedding? I'm just saying. But things are going on all the time. But when it's harvest season, they're like, let's get down to business. And they do like over 125 tons of olives each season. Now, I did look at their website, and their olives are expensive. Well, yeah, I could imagine. This hand-picked. And I don't know if it was because some of them were in cases and all of that, but it was too rich for my blood. 
However, they say once you had a Graber olive, you don't go back. Even Jimmy Fallon and his wife love Graber olives. And like Jimmy Fallon has talked about it and given like an olive gift basket to his wife and stuff before. And I'm telling you, like it was like $100 for just two cans of olives and some olive oil. And I was like, I really want to taste these olives. But what? Why did I just put together olive and olive oil? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I get avocado oil. Yeah. But it's for, never put that together. But, you know, you don't love olive oil. But I do cook with it, though. You do cook with it, but you don't like it. Like, I can just dip bread in it and no. eat it, and she doesn't like that. Well, as I mentioned, this place was featured on Ghost Adventures, and Zach was going bonkers over how great these olives were. My God, did I want some. But Zach was like, these are like really good. Oh my God, I love olives. These are really good. And he's just such a Dilbert sometimes. <laughs> but it's like, people are like, yeah, right? They're good. Like, they just have to go along with him because he's, you know. The head of the show. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, dude, chill out. But also, can you send me some of those right. olives? <laughs> they sound so good. I wish I liked them. And they look different than any other olives that I've seen. Like, seriously, I want to try these. They do sell them in grocery stores, I believe, but it's only local grocery stores. Is it black olives or green olives? They're green. Okay. They're like a really light color, not like the dark green with like the red inside. It's not... You know they add that, right? But I'm like, it's not the dark green kind Okay. with that. I don't know. They're a whole nother thing. And they look amazing. But also, Zach was eating those like it was popcorn. And now that I know that they're so expensive, I would have been like, the show's paying for it. He don't give a fuck. I would have been like, here's three samples right here, sir. This is what you get. Well, that did one, one of two things happened. They either gave it to him for all the publicity, because even we're talking about it from his show, or two, the show itself paid for it. Yeah. And probably figured out how to write it off on damn taxes or something. Meanwhile, I'm broke as shit from taxes. <laughs> Girl, let's not even talk about taxes. I'm then. like, my stomach already hurts. Yes. Okay. So it's still going on. You know, olives are still being made. All the things. But we're here for the haunts. We're hot for the haunts. Hot bed of activity. You know what I mean. We could be hoes for the haunts. Y'all couldn't see her, but she did her. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you can imagine how someone's eyebrows go up when they go, huh. <laughs> That's what she did silently. <laughs> this is why Donna named the podcast. <laughs> okay. So before I get to ghost adventures, I do want to talk about two men who were featured on my ghost story called On Camera. Their names are Scott Alt and Marco Santucci, I believe. Scott said that he grew up. I wonder if he's related to, what's his name, Tucci? Well, no. How do you know? Because his last name is Santucci. Oh, it's Santucci. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. But Scott said he grew up going to the Graber Olive House and he would hear ghost stories from some of the workers. So his interest was always piqued about the place. But now as an adult, he really gets to pull back the curtain and investigate there. Now, there were some rumors about one of the workers had died by suicide and not like because it was such a bad place to work at, but. I mean, shit was going on during that whole time. Like, you have to think, it started in 1894, you know, and then went through, 
I mean, everything that you've been through, like wars and shit like that. So no telling what had happened. So I'm not saying it was a terrible place to work at and this guy died by suicide. It could have just been, well, they had trees there, you know, because that's what they said. He had hanged himself. Mm. But so Scott just said he had heard all of this growing up. And so when him and Marco got the chance, they jumped at it. Now, Marco said once he walked through the gate at the house, you can just feel a shift in the energy. And Scott felt that shift, too. And he was like, I just know someone is around. So he started taking photos to see if he could capture anything. And he did. You get it, the whole caught on camera thing. But the first piece of evidence was right by the gate. They caught a dark figure that they believed to be wearing overalls. And he was standing by the fence. So they were pretty hyped to get this evidence because they felt like something was there and then they were able to capture it right then. So they made their way through the property and the next time they had an experience was in the labeling room. And this is a pretty big room. It has a conveyor belt in the corner and Marco had heard some creaking, like someone walking around back there. So he went over and he started taking some pictures. And he was able to capture a small figure he believed to be a young boy. And it looked like he was bouncing a red ball up and down. So it wasn't a video. It was just consecutive pictures or pictures taken consecutively. And so you could see like the ball like going down and then back up. But, you know, that being said, the ball wasn't there either. So it was like a ghost boy and a ghost ball. But Marco wasted no time, whipped out his EVP recorder and started asking questions, trying to figure out who this small figure was. And he received an answer. And the boy said his name was Luke. So he was like, okay, Luke, are you here with me? And you hear a young voice say, yeah. So the men moved onto the hayloft, which you had to go upstairs to get to the loft. And with each step they took up those stairs, the energy was changing. They got up there and they both had their hair standing straight up. But Marco felt something more than what Scott was feeling. And so he handed Scott the camera and was like, take a picture. So Scott did. And he captured Marco with this like sliver of light on his back. Now, the sun was down. So there's nothing that was like outside that would have casted that light on that. And so he took some more shots. And with each shot, the light seemed to surround Marco more and more. It was kind of like when you think about how your aura would look, it was just like this bright light that like encompassed him. So then from there, they went to the museum that's on the same property, just a different building. And there's like old machine hardware and stuff in there from, you know, the early days And so they were doing an EVP session in there and Scott asked if Cece Graber was there. And there's a man's voice that you hear say here right after that. So while they're standing in the museum, they're taking pictures and they claim that one of these pictures looks like it's Georgia Bell, Cece's wife. But it's like a reflection. But, you know, there's that thing where like your brain makes faces out of Yes, 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 yes. That's what I kind of feel like on that picture. Like, yeah, if you put the picture beside Georgia Bell's picture, yeah, it does kind of look like her, but it's also just shadows too. You know what I mean? Like that one, I was just like, 
I don't know. I'm, whatevs. But they're just saying that they feel like Georgia Bell and Cece are both still together here in their little slice of heaven. Now, they also got some weird vibes going on in the museum, too, like someone was watching them. And Scott felt like he was being rushed at by an unseen force. Now, they were able to actually capture a face in that window, too. And it looked like someone was standing on the outside looking in. But again, those are kind of hard when it's in like a window like that, just because it's like, is it just a reflection or is it just like something outside that's making those shadows? I don't know. But I could see what they were talking about. But also, I'm like, I don't know if that's like just super legit. Yeah. And not that they're not legit. It's just like, I can't say for a matter of fact, that's a face. Right. You know, there's some that's like, oh, no, that shit just happened. Like, I can't explain that. The other one is like, yeah, if I close my eye, like my left eye and I like turn this way, I can totally see it. So the two men moved on to the vat room. And now the vat room is still the same vats from back in the day, like when he would just scoop them out and sell them. So they're like concrete. And that's what the olives soak in. But there's hundreds of these vats. And so the room is really big. And that's the first room where we encounter the entity known as the creeper, which weirdly I associate with Italian food because Colby calls the capers creepers. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which is weird because capers and olives are very similar. And I love capers. Can't stand olives. Yeah. But anyway, they're in the vat room. And Marcus said he picked up on a male presence there and kind of like he was watching over the place. So at first, Marco was thinking that it might be Cece, but then it was like, no, this actually feels completely different than what it was before. So the creeper is a black figure who's been, you know, creeping and peeping around the equipment. So he will like hide between the vats. It's always kind of out of eye shot. So you can only get small visuals of him. So he's kind of like Bigfoot, just like always a little too blurry to really make out the details. But it's also like he can crawl up the walls and all of that. So it's like he's not even human. So I read on a website called thelittlehouseofhorrors.com that the gift shop is another place that's haunted. And this is by a spirit named Inez. And she worked for the family for 65 years. Good God. Right? Let's just say she was 15 when she started. That's 80 years old. So she was 80 when she retired. Right? Like, wow. Mm -mm. Don't want that. I mean, that will be me because I'm going to be the ghost that's still working. (laughs) I.E. Inez. But yeah, so I mean, she worked here and continues to do, even though she died a while back. She loved her job so much that she just keeps doing it every day. No, she didn't. She's stuck in a loop. (laughs) Nobody loves her job that fucking much. But I did think about it like that really was her family. Like it's a family owned business. And then, you know, she not being a family member was able to work there longer than like most just like seasonal help and you know all of that. And so like that really was family to her. So I understand like if her spirit is drawn back to that place. So people who watch Ghost Adventures will know the names Debbie and Mark Constantino, but Carrie won't. But they were paranormal investigators who were a couple, and they had been on Ghost Adventures a few times. 
and they were the EVP experts that would come. So it was really big news when shit came out about them both engaging in domestic violence. (gasps) So like both of them had restraining orders on each other at certain points and they were separated. But in 2015, Mark, the husband, murdered a man Debbie was living with as a roommate and then he had Debbie held hostage. And I think it was in their daughter's apartment, but the daughter wasn't there. Oh, my God. Now, then Mark had a standoff with the police. And he was saying, like, I need 15 minutes. Don't come in. I need 15 minutes. But he ended up murdering Debbie, and then he died by suicide. It was really tragic. And now some people have speculated that, like, they did a lot of investigations and you know, they really interacted with these, like, supernatural forces. And so what if something evil had attached itself to them and that's when this all started happening? Yeah. Because it was, like, everything was good and then it wasn't. But, you know, so, again, there's just, like, a lot of mystery and sadness and tragedy all, like, wrapped up into this. But I say that because I'm going to say this. Debbie and Mark had previously investigated the Graber Olive House. So Zach is talking to the son of the current owner. So he's like the great-great-grandchild of the OG owner. And he was like, you know, we have something in common. The Constantinos investigated here. And the guy was like, yeah, I remember when they were here because one of their group members ran out. Got, like, got in their car and left, like, and was like, I'm not going in there. But here's the thing. While they were talking about this, the fire alarm went off. And he's like, uh, that never happens. Like, it's just weird timing to be talking about that. And then the sound happens. And I will not lie to y'all, but when I was talking about them just now, the house fucking settled or something. He's like, legit, that just happened here. <laughs> and so, like, Carrie didn't know that was going to, like, my eyes were like, whoop, because it's like, no, I'm saying this to say that there was a noise that happened when they talked about them, and it legit happened. Yeah, it like, she ain't lying. Like, the house really did just do its, like, settle pop. Yeah, like, whoa. Okay, so I'm shaking because it's cold, and also now because that was kind of scary. So then the crew also learns that several of the staff have passed away recently, like, in the last few years, and it was all really soon after each of them had an encounter with that entity we know as the Creeper. Some of them have felt it touch them, like on their shoulder, and then some said that it felt like they were tripping over something that was unseen, which Carrie does all the time, but this was like a major thing where it was like, holy fuck, what was that? And there was like nothing there. And I don't think they were all Carrie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, when Zach was interviewing, I think his name's Robert Jr., in the vat room about the creeper, the EMF meter started going wild, like on seemingly nothing. And Zach had just said that he felt a shift in energy like right before that. And then the EMF meter went off. So Zach was already like, okay, yeah, this is a hot zone. We're definitely putting cameras and all the things here. Now, remember the two dudes I spoke about before, Scott and Marco? Well, Scott had come back and he talked to Zach about the experiences he had when he investigated here. 
And he said that there were two women who were on his team and they were kind of like talking at the creeper, like asking him to do something like, oh, you think you're so big and bad? Show me, do something. Well, it turns out Scott was there when another person left them without saying anything. It was the lady who was there antagonizing the creeper and they said that they felt like they got rushed up on and then one of them got shoved. And so that lady was like fucking out, done. They fuck around and found out. Yes. Now, Kitty was an investigator there when Mark and Debbie were there. And she said they were all in the loft area, that hayloft. And she said that she saw something that was cigar shaped and she saw it climb the wall. And she heard the sound as it climbed the wall. But she was like, that was the creeper. It was like a black figure. But she said, like, it didn't really feel human. It felt elemental. So something that was never human, more like from the earth. When we think of elemental, we usually think of like fairies and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what I usually think <laughs> So Kitty went on to say that none of them really said anything, but like she feels like everyone saw it. But she said that it felt like the entity dared them to say something about it. Like, acknowledge my presence and see what I'll do. You know, so none of them took pictures or anything. But she said that when she left, she just felt like she had like this darkness hanging over her. And she really wanted to hurt her animals. Oh, my God. And she was like, I would see me murdering my animals like right after she left this house. Luckily, she did not harm any animal and it was fine. But she was like something like attached to me there from that creeper like in like, no, I never want to go back to that room. So the crew dig a bit deeper into what Kitty was saying about that this creeper was never human and it being elemental. And that's when they find out that before the land was settled, it was home to the Gabrielino tribe which is also known as the Tongva tribe. Like, they were a very nature-loving tribe. Like, the name Tongva actually means earth. And when the settlers came, the tribe was subjected to all those unknown diseases and stuff. And a lot of them died. Kind of when you did that story about mm -hmm. the tribe that, like, no one had ever made contact with and stuff. But, like... Yes. And that Christian missionary... Yes. Yet. Like, we have stuff that is just, like, a common cold. But if they've never been... Exposed. Yes. God, I couldn't think of the word. But if they've never been exposed, that could be detrimental to them. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of them died. And that led others to do a rebellion to fight back. So there was definitely some blood shed on that land and they even said like look this might be a reach but like just from her saying the elemental this kind of having a presence that could like shape shift and all of that and then the Tongva tribe they had women and men who were shamans who were thought to be able to shape shift so it's just kind of like what if that is some kind of presence here from that? Who knows? But okay, so now like they're doing the investigation. Zach did not get possessed in this episode. There's a first time for everything. <laughs> Aaron said he did see a lot of shadow people walking in the vat room. And he also heard like mumbling in both of his ears. And he said one sounded like a kid and the other sounded like a man. And he said it sounded like they did run up on him and like one was whispering in his ear and then the other like took over. So it was like the kid coming up and then the man took over. They 
all did see some dark figures in the vat room and the hayloft as well. And when Billy was there by himself in the vat room later, he was asking the creeper to show himself, you know, make himself known. Well, the creeper did by slamming down one of the lids on the vats. And Billy screamed like you do when Colby scares you. And I am not going to lie. I rewatched that part so many times because (laughs) it sounded fake in the best way possible. Like you could not have been that scared. But Billy was like running around being like, guys, guys. (laughs) Like, (laughs) And after he had like screamed and it really was like that, like multiple times, he finally like told them. That, you know, he was asking for it, but it was just pure darkness. You know, like what he had the lights off and he just talking and he was like, and then it was right beside him where this lid like fell down, you know, and so it was like a big noise and he was just like kind of lost in where he was and was running around. But it was just so fucking funny. But it's also hilarious. Like when, okay, if you believe that you're going to communicate with spirits, and you ask them to do something big, show themselves, and then they do, and you run away. Yes. And that's, I don't understand that. Now, I do get it because, I mean, look, if you were like, put your finger in this hole and it might get snapped, I'm going to be like, oh, when it actually gets snapped. Okay? Facts. Like, I'm going to do that. However, these people like will like run away and be like, holy shit, Da-da-da-da. like all the time. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just feel like you literally asked for that to happen. Yeah. So I understand being like startled, like, oh, shit, you really did do it. But to like run away and all that, I'm just like, okay, now. But the guys, Zach and Aaron, they were like, we thought someone was like murdering you. Like You were screaming. (laughs) And he was like, I was scared. (laughs) Oh, my God. But. It was really funny, but they did go back into the vat room and they did see that there was a vat that had the lid closed and it hadn't been closed before. You know, something did happen, but like, did the person, the creeper do it or like something else? But like, why only that one got knocked down, you know, like all of that. And they did the SLS camera and there was a little figure by one of the vats before So maybe it's just someone who's very territorial and all the things. We don't know. But they did capture some EVPs and one sounded like a little boy saying help. And then they captured some orbs too. Now, orbs are one of those things that I do roll my eyes at. But sometimes I'm like, okay, no, I do see what you're talking about. Like at this moment, something like that orb looked like it went into your body and you said you felt something. But you didn't know that there was like a fucking light anomaly that looked like it went into your body. Like, yeah, when it's like two things of evidence where it's like, OK, that links up at the same time, then that means something to me. But like when you're just like, look at my house and there's orbs flying all around. I'm like, well, that's like skin particles and stuff, because like, you know what? I'm Ugh, just going to be honest. Skin particles. I'm just going to be honest that when my dad, when I used to. Touche. <laughs> When I used to, like, take off his socks and all of that, like, his dead skin, like, would flake off and, you know, just be, like, in the air. And it's like, I took off my sweatshirt the other day. And it wasn't like that, but it still was like, I need to lotion my arms. I need to do it. If you've ever worked in healthcare, you know that taking off a patient's socks, it does that. 
<laughs> Look, I'm not signed up for that, okay? I did my time <laughs> and I don't want to do it again. But that's my sinister side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But anyway, so they kept doing the investigation and everything they seemed to do, like, it was intelligent, but not intelligent. So it was a lot of, like, for the creeper to do the things that they were asking him to do, you know, like, show me a sign, bam, like right after that shows intelligence. But a lot of the other things could just be residual haunting. So like, if it is CC and Georgia Bell there, I think it's just like how you said, like in a loop. And, you know, like part of them's always going to be there. That was their whole life. But I wonder if there are other places or just that place, because why that place? I don't know. Unless that was like the last place that they went before all hell broke loose for them. Yeah, could be. I don't know, but I want to go so bad because I want to taste those damn olives. Before we go any further, we have to talk about Lumi. Literally used my Lumi yesterday. Because Donna and I had recorded, and we got on to go eat lunch. And let's be honest, your girl hadn't showered yet. So I put on some Lumi to help with my, well, smell. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) me too, because I hadn't showered either. You know, when you're craving something and you just have to go, Lumi's your best friend. Because we were like, dirty hair, don't care, but we smell good. And if you don't know what we're talking about and you're like, what the heck is Lumi? Lumi is a game changer. It is a whole body deodorant designed by an OBGYN to work on literally everywhere. Pits, feet, privates, literally everywhere. I put it in all the folds and creases and I smelled like freaking lavender. And you know I was toasted coconut over here. Lumi is clinically proven to block odor all day long because it has a one of a kind pH optimized formula. Y'all, there are over 275,000 five-star reviews. So that right there just tells you this is awesome. And like Carrie said, it can block odor all day and control odor up to 72 hours. How? Unlike certain deodorants that try to mask odor with fragrance, Lumi is formulated and powered by mendelic acid to stop odor before it starts. It's more like a pre-odorant. It's baking soda and paraben-free, and like I said, pH balanced so that it's safe to use below the belt. Because sometimes, you know, that's an area where you're like, where your legs and your stomach meet. You're like, is that, do I, is my, do I smell? Right, thick thighs, y'all, thick thighs. Lumi has so many different fragrances, or you can do fragrance-free. It's got different options like a solid stick deodorant, cream tube, which is what I used yesterday, or you can do like body washes, deodorant wipes. There's so many options to fit your lifestyle and your needs. And if you are sensitive to fragrance, they have fragrance-free. That's what I bought the first time because I was like, ooh, I don't know. You know how I am sometimes with fragrances. So I was like, let me try the fragrance-free, but now I'm using it all. But my solid stick is fragrance-free. And if you're like, man, I kind of want it all. The Lumi Starter Pack is for you. It is perfect for new, well, or returning customers. But it comes with a solid stick deodorant, the cream tube deodorant, and then you get two free products of your choice. So you could decide like, well, do I want the white? Do I want the deodorant wipes? Do I want the mini body wash? Do I want them both? 
and of course, free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with the code CREEP at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code CREEP. This is literally the perfect way to start your new year by, you know, smelling fresh. So head on over to Lumi Deodorant, that's L-U-M-E deodorant.com and use code CREEP to get $5 off your Lumi starter pack. And I mean, again, like Donna said, that's over 40% off your starter pack. You can't go wrong. Head on over to lumideodorant.com and use code CREEP. And I think they're still using the, like that mechanism that C.C. Graber had invented, basically. I think they're still using that today. That doesn't surprise me. But I'm like, that's so cool. Like, just to think, I wish I had that mind. Me too. And I do not. I I, do not. I literally can remember being a kid and being like, okay, I'm going to invent something. What am I going to invent? And I remember thinking, a sucker with gum inside. Oh, fuck, that's a lollipop. Like, I literally remember <laughs> yeah. being, or a blow pop. Yeah. <laughs> I love thinking about things like pet rocks. Someone did that, and now they've made a shit ton of money mm-hmm. from pet rocks. Okay, so me and one of the guys I talked to, but... She's never going to meet. <laughs> we've been talking for forever. Like, it's just been like an on-again, off-again kind of thing. Because they're never going to meet. But, so, we were talking, and he had said something about Dasani. And I was like, ew, you're drinking Dasani? We'll never meet. I was like, Told you. <laughs> I was like, ew, no. And I was like, I'm just joking. You know, like, I just have to rag on you because you're doing Dasani. He was like, that was the only thing at like five o'clock at the gas station when he was going to the gym. And I was like, oh, anything but Dasani. I was like, I will drink like Dollar Tree water and it's fine. It's just water. Dasani, not water. Okay, like it's too salty. It is. I don't like it. But so like we were just talking about that. And he was like, the earth is 70 percent water, but we're paying like three dollars for a bottle of fucking water. Like it's just fucking water. I know. But like they're selling us the water. (laughs) Yeah. We were just talking about it. It's like the shit we talk about. Like we're like solving world hunger, but like it's just. One Dasani at a time. Yeah. (laughs) But it was just like, when you think about it, like, I'm buying water. But I was like, I can't do tap water. Every time I see it in a fucking movie, I'm like, no. But not all tap water is created equal, okay? No, that's facts. Yes. But, oh, God. No, I'm not that person. Not that person at all. But I was that person when I was young, because I would drink from a water hose all the time. Even if it did smell weird. <laughs> it was like, oh no, I want to do this. Not now. Was it you telling me that it was it's the rubber? I, I did hear that. I don't think I told you though. Probably Colby. But yeah, it's like, oh cool. That sounds like it's real healthy. But it was like all these years you're like, that smells like tastes like water hose water. And it's like, so it's the rubber. It's not, you know Yeah. I don't even know how we got on that, but Girl, this episode has been a hodgepodge. I'm so sorry, y'all. Well, hopefully y'all enjoyed it. Thank y'all so much for listening and supporting us. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, all the things, and remember. Creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.